0: All right. Great. Patton Miller, how are wow. we doing? How? <laughs> hey, <Brett. laughs> How are we doing? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I'm tip top.
0: Tip top. That's yeah. a good way to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to just give you a little introduction real quick. Patton Miller, you live in Southampton, New York. Mm-hmm. Can you give people maybe like a little brief uh, description of you, where you're from?
1: Well, I was born in Seattle in 1953. I'm 67 now. I uh, moved to Hawaii when I was in my early teens and spent my teenage years there. Uh, we were summer people in Hawaii, so when we finally moved there, um, it was, it was sort of like, it was like going home for me. Yeah. Although it was tough, uh, a lot of problems, a lot of social problems in Hawaii, but I, I, I get along with people, so it was fine. You're right. But it was a crazy time, it was during the 60s, and the whole, you know, the whole country was coming. I mean, Vietnam was in full bore, and, uh, I, we, our family home was outside of Honolulu, and, I'd, I'd go down to Waikiki because that's where the action was. And you'd see the soldiers on, you know, I, I always wondered, were they in battle one week and then a week later, were they in Waikiki? <laughs> they right. likely were. Yeah, 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 I bet, I bet. But it was a crazy time. But I, uh, I, I dro- it was so crazy, I dropped out of high school, uh, not because I was a bad kid. Now, I remember this in the 60s, but because the whole place was crazy right and there was a lot of violence at the school and a lot of drugs and stuff and so i i just went surfing and didn't stop right and uh i graduated i mean i ended up going to a ged and my classmates were uh pregnant girls and old filipino gardeners (laughs) 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 so i got i didn't even i I didn't even go to class right the the, the hawaiian uh the the hawaiian school system uh pretty much just created this for to get to help people get uh, high school diplomas right yeah and then I uh, did some traveling and uh, came back and went to the Honolulu Academy of Arts and when I was 20 years old I left uh, Oahu and traveled um, uh, traveled west and spent a year going around the world uh, a year in Asia uh, Middle East and
0: Europe. Wow, the Middle East, too.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I flew into Kennedy in 1974 and had a standing invitation to visit a family friend in Southampton. Now, I'd never been to the East Coast before, and I thought Long Island was like 40 miles long. Right. I was shocked to hear there was like 120 or something. Yeah. And I, I, it was a flip of a coin. I had a ticket back to Honolulu. I could have just kept going. But I said, oh, I, might well, I might as well. I was tired. I might as well come out. I came out and the woman that had invited me said oh you should go see the college so i went to the college and went to the art department because i was
0: which college is this southampton college okay which no
1: longer exists right Stony Brook. but uh after the Honolulu academy of arts when i traveled spent that year in asia i was painting and drawing so i uh i went up to the college and went to the art department and it, just by chance the head of the department was there and he said oh i'd like to see those drawings because we got into a conversation and so I uh, went. I, I went back to where I was staying and got my portfolio. And he looked at him and he said, "You want to go to school here?" And I said, "Well, I've got forty dollars and a ticket to Honolulu."
0: How old are you at this point?
1: I was twenty. I turned I turned twenty one on that trip.
0: That's crazy.
1: And he goes, "No, I, you should come and compete for a scholarship," and which I did and won. So I got all of a sudden now I'm a college student. So uh, three and a half years later, I graduate with a B uh, BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts and I got picked up by a, a pretty important New York gallery almost immediately. Really? So I started showing in New York, and and that's pretty much it in a nutshell, except for the personal stuff like, you know, being married and having two kids and raising two kids out here. I've been I've been on the East End now since 1974. Wow. Except for a three-year stint when we went back to Hawaii, lived on the island of Molokai. I was teaching at the leprosy colony there, Kalapapa leprosy colony, and we had a baby. And, uh, um, that's where my 28 year old son was born. He's 28 now. Uh, he wasn't born when he was 28. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So but I, it was I I I mention this because I feel so fortunate that I ended up on the East End. Yeah. I'm not really cut out for New York City, mm-hmm. even though I think that being a you know being an artist in New York City, uh, your your whole career could change. Uh, by a curator taking a cab ride to your studio. Yeah. But when you're out in Southampton, it's, it's a little bit of a delayed reaction in that respect. But uh, um, it suited my nature. Yeah. And uh, I'm now we have a nice home. And now there's COVID nineteen. My both my sons and both sons' girlfriends and their dog are living at our house.
0: No, oh, I wow, got a full house. So
1: we got like Hotel Miller, <laughs> and you know, my wife and I thought we had. Uh, we've been together for about 32 years and uh, we thought that we had uh, uh uh we were empty nesters and we accepted that right and didn't even think twice if it was good or bad it just was yeah uh, uh but now uh but i have to say it's really wonderful to have a second shot at being uh a father and a mother yeah we're, we en- we're really enjoying it yeah that's luckily we all get along really well
0: yeah totally yeah that's a i think that's a, a beautiful underlying thing that's that's been happening across America. That people are moving back in with their parents. A lot of people have been like distressed about it and what have you. But I find myself being like, "Well, that'd be kind of great to go reconnect with the parents and being an adult now and spending some time together." So it's it is. It's interesting to say that, like, for you to have the perspective of being, you know, having a second chance at being a, a parent.
1: Yeah. Now we you know we did a pretty good job the first time around. Yeah. Uh, but this is different because they're adults. Yeah. And and our, and our son that was in California looks like he's not going back. Yeah. He's going to live in, I, I, I think the plan is they're going to live in Brooklyn. He's Both my sons are filmmakers. Right. They're, they just shot a commercial for Land's End. Oh, awesome. And now they're doing the editing for it, so they're making money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're apparently Los Angeles is kind of shut down.
0: Yeah, it's not so good.
1: I, yeah, that's what I hear. But also, I think part of it is not the, just the business, it's the fact that uh, he realized how much he missed his family. Yeah. And his girlfriend, uh, her family's from North Carolina, and they, their parents just drove up here. You know, they, 12 hours later they were here yeah so came to visit yeah I mean you could fly to LA quicker
0: that's and, for sure yeah yeah
1: but
0: yeah that's uh,
1: something about it seems closer <laughs>
0: yeah well it's great though because it's like I, I've met your one son Christian who is a filmmaker yeah and I haven't seen any of his recent stuff but uh, I remember when he was I think he was in high school still when I met him and he just won some award from Ross School I believe for a film that he just created
1: well he won the award from New York State
0: oh that's right okay yeah.
1: And uh, that was good. And then he went to college and he is a student, a junior now at the School of Visual Arts. And the, but the first assignment he handed in, the professor said, you know, from a student who won New York State's top award for filmmakers, I expected more. Really? Yeah. It's like a, a little bit of a bitch slap there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt like sending that professor flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, I think his head got a little big.
0: Yeah. Those people yeah. along our road make us.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that was a beautiful thing. Uh, he uh, won every award. Not, yeah. I mean he won East. He won yeah he won the reward from Guildhall. So he won his local award and he won the state. Yeah, and uh, it, it was just a good thing.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be pretty interesting being you know a father. You know, like just even hearing that brief back background of your story and your your upbringing. You know being a father and then them going on and taking on their own creative realm is got to be pretty rewarding as well
1: yeah it's interesting uh i think today's painters are filmmakers yeah and you know we all grew up i mean they grew up with non-stop movies yeah we spent three summers in bali when christian was eight and sam was 16 and then uh well like 15 16 17 and christian was seven eight and nine because they're eight years apart right and uh you know, I painted all afternoon. We surfed in the morning, I painted all afternoon, maybe go surfing again in the evening. It was just a lot of surfing, a lot of real, a lot of heavy physical exercise. And uh, and at night we would just be kind of catatonic with exhaustion. Yeah. And we watched, and in the supermarkets, we didn't even think about how illegal it was, but in the supermarkets they sell on, just like they sell eggplants or something, DVDs of first run movies. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they sometimes you'll be watching the film and you'll see uh, in Bali, they serve, they, they have wait, waiters service, waitress, usually waitresses. Yeah. And they'll come to you and ask if you want something, if you want a beer or a Coke or something, they'll, they'll bring it to you. And sometimes when you're watching the movie, you see the woman coming with a tray across because <laughs> the pirates are pirating the film. Yeah, right. But they're doing it in the most low tech way. Yeah. It, you yeah. Know? And other ones are higher tech, but we want, we would like watch a ton of movies and we it, it was you know we watched these really funny but bad films like uh, love guru mm-hmm. uh, yeah and uh, uh, nacho libre it,
0: I love that movie by the way that movie is hilarious <laughs> it is hilarious It's such a good it's a great reference <laughs>
1: and we had it's amazing we had a our house in in, in changu had a pool and a three bedroom house a beautiful house came with a, a chef and she was a chef she was—I mean, she was a cook, but she was a wonderful cook, and uh, a house cleaner and a gardener for sixty bucks a night. Wow! And so we hit Bali at a good time. Yeah. And I hear it's gotten more expensive and more crowded now. We really don't want to go back. It's too far. Yeah. We already—we already did that.
0: He did that whole mission.
1: Yeah. Go for back. me,
0: for me, it's still a destination to go and experience.
1: And, you know, it's God. Kudos to the Balinese—they retain their culture after being swamped by. Uh, in the world because yeah. it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen right and, you know I've been around and I've seen a lot um, but I, I, I the people are extraordinary yeah they're just wonderful our, our, we we rented a car and was, in Bali it's impossible to drive that place yeah so we also had a driver I'm, all this makes it sound like we're wealthy yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> like we would rent our house here and it would pay for the trip there yeah and um our our, ba, our our driver's name was uh, Booty, and we would it's, they have like a caste system there, you know, where if you're born in the lower caste, you're pretty much stuck there. Mm-hmm. You know, we would and we talked about those social structures and how different it is in the United States, and and we asked him once because we spent a lot of time driving. We would go out to the bouquet to go surfing at Uluwatu or something. Yeah, there. and uh, we asked him, uh, uh, what would it be like to save a guy on one side on on the far side of the island of bali would uh, decide i'm tired of being in the lower caste i'm going to move to the other side of bali and pretend i'm from the high caste. <laughs> yeah you yeah. like looked up in the space like that's just the craziest idea in the world <laughs> said, there's no way yeah. you could get away with it they they would hear you the way you talk they I would mean, know yeah it's almost like a Dickensian thing right yeah Anyways,
0: uh, so they they would they'd be able to pick up on the different dialect yeah. and just how you carry yourself, maybe.
1: Yeah, but we sure had a lot of fun with booty. And, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, anyways, yeah, I, I would say you should go. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not as a family. We're not gonna go. Yeah. And we do have a farm in Costa Rica, and we've had that for 25 years, and that's been sort of our tropical getaway during the wintertime.
0: Yeah, it's just it's to me I find it fascinating. Um, you know, I think a lot of people they they work. As a job, let's say, their whole lives just to be able to maybe take that one vacation, and um, you and I have had conversations about living in Hawaii and going fishing for dinner and growing your own vegetables and um, even when I met you, you had chickens, for example. But uh, it's it's fascinating to me that you know from the arts you were been able to create a life for yourself and your family and um, and. And to be able to provide, and also have an amazing experience to be able to go around the world to go to Bali. Um, I mean, I think it's a beautiful experience to be able to catch your own food, or even have to be able to catch your own food. And maybe looking back, you probably do too. But in the moment, it probably wasn't that way. Oh, uh, well, it
1: was. It was. I knew it was great. Right. Yeah, that was. And then we lived in Molokai. I, I dove as a kid mm-hmm. on Oahu, but I didn't have the same urgency because I had a full refrigerator at my mom and pop's house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I a family home. But in, when we lived in Molokai from 1990 to 93, it was the art the recession of the late 80s uh, had a hangover effect in the art world. There was no money being made. I was being represented by a, a very top gallery in New York City, and there was just there was no money. And you know I'd be I'd call up and say any sales. I mean it was a time when we had no money, but we lived. We had a, it was it was extraordinary how beautiful it was. We had if Molokai is a ship, we were the bowsprit. We were the figure at the front of the ship. Our house looked uh, across the Molokai Channel to Oahu, to my former shore, and um, we—I uh, was painting and we're raising a baby, and as you referred to, I would go diving for food. And I remember one time just thinking, "This—I was—I was." I was just ready to slip into the water to to go diving with a Hawaiian sling, yeah. type of spear, and uh, I was by, I was diving by myself, which is not really dangerous because if you're going to be eaten by a shark, the other guy's just going to watch. <laughs> 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 but I I slipped into the water right before I slipped into the water. The sun was baking mm-hmm. down on me. All I had on was a pair of shorts, my fins, my uh, snorkel, because I was a free diver. Yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't equalize my right. Shirt. Yeah, but anyways, uh, and I really had a moment of self-awareness where I thought, I was, I was about 38 years old, I thought, this is one of the greatest moments in my life. Yeah. It wasn't anything more than just me being a hunter-gatherer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's what it all comes down to at some time.
1: And I think I did get dinner that night.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It would have been, yeah, that's, that's when it's a good day.
1: Well, it's funny, sometimes you'll find yourself, I, one time, uh, it was like close encounters of a third kind, the, spa- the spaceships were turtles. And all around me were these giant sea turtles. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I, then I, later later in the village, I was telling our postman about that, and he goes, you know, the favorite food of a tiger shark is a turtle. And I said, geez, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, It's true. Yeah. And then I, uh, just like a month later, I was surfing nearby, and a, and a tiger shark struck a turtle, took him right out of the water. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was an explosion of water and blood. And my friend from New York was... Uh, yeah, uh, just almost walking on water getting out. Of the room. <laughs> I'm sure. I said, "Slow down, the turtle, uh, the shark's busy." <laughs> yeah, you got, you got a second. So we paddled slowly in and uh, called it a day. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The sea is just a whole other alien world.
1: Yeah, but you know, going back to what you were saying about the lifestyle thing is, um, yeah, it, I didn't really have a choice. You know, I, um, I was, I was when we, when I came here and I was a student we, I started painting houses yeah I didn't have any skills and uh, we had a team of guys that were artists and musicians and you know they, they sort of like they're the type of creatures that hang out together yeah and we all just started painting houses in fact the first job that we painted was Olivia Mach's house in Watermelon and we, I got to know the Lichtenstein family. I, I met Dave Surfing, his son, Roy Lichtenstein's son, Dave. Right. Uh, Dave asked me, I had only been here a few months, I was surfing, and I was surfing with this guy. I didn't know him, and he said, who are you? And I told him I was an art student at Southampton College. He goes, oh, my dad's an artist. And I said, well, what's his name? And he goes, Roy Lichtenstein. To which I said, never heard of him. <laughs> I, I can tell you who uh, Herb Connie was, sure. he was a Hawaiian uh, anthropological artist, sure. a really great one. Okay, I can tell you who Duke Hanumoko is. <laughs> but, I mean, that happened to me a lot, actually, when I first came to New York. Yeah, I, I went to a Yankee baseball game, and I saw an old guy with an old woman going into the Yankee box seats. I was in the box seats next to the Pontiac box seats, next to the Yankee organization box seats. And uh, I said... Everybody's looking at these old this tall, elegant man and this old woman. I said, Who who is that? And they said, That's Joe DiMaggio and Lou Gehrig's widow. No way. To which I said, Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> from Mars. Yeah, totally. And, um, I saw Pavarotti when he was just starting out. You know, I we I got invited to go to the opera and I'd never been to an opera. Yeah. Well, actually I'd been I worked at the Seattle Opera but I don't think I ever went to a performance. I just worked in the Seattle Opera for yeah. a short time but um, uh, it wasn't well it was okay and then this guy comes on the stage and all of a sudden it was great really yeah it was a game changer yeah it was unbelievable it was like whoa you know, he just came and took over the stage, and that was Pavarotti. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that was like in 1975.
0: That's pretty awesome. I think
1: his career was kind of new then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he probably was well known, but not to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of nice when you don't know.
1: But uh, yeah, you know, I didn't really have a choice. I I I, I was always an artist, and my parents, when I asked my when I went to the Honolulu Academy of Arts, I uh, my parents they they asked a woman who was um, in the arts, and she said, "Yeah, he's a natural." You know spend the money, send them to the academy. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was at the Honolulu Academy of Arts and I was like loving it. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I went from being a high school dropout then I got GD Yoga, but I was a high school dropout and all of a sudden I was like the best student. You know, I just, just never missed a day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. And so it was a round peg and a round hole. Yeah, so for the first time in my life in school, I flunked third grade. Really? How do you flunk third grade? Yeah, I don't know. But somehow I managed to do it. Yeah. You know, between uh, hiding under the desk because of the missile, Cuban, the Cuban Missile Crisis you know you have yeah. have seen pictures of people yeah. I
0: actually did that well they used to have us do that in class They like, you? You know, no they would have us like do like test drills like you know get underneath the desk yeah. you know the fire like a fire drill but they'd have us do these diff- I don't think they do that in school so much yeah. anymore get
1: under, the get under the desk what the hell well, kiss your ass goodbye yeah that's, it's, can, it's like... kiss your friends ask goodbye <laughs> <Yes>. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no I mean uh, I think it's a little bit different in school now the way like I, I actually was driving by the Sag Harbor school the other day and they were doing a fire drill and I just like saw the kids just kind of like slowly moseying out and I was like I remember just being that way just do the fire drill and just not really actually think anything of it but there was a time there's a reason why we have those drills is because people really did get shuffled out of schools and things like that at one time
1: yeah well also schools can't catch on fire yeah right? so yeah yeah you anyway, know so I didn't really have any choice my parents were all for it and I always I'm eternally grateful for that and so they then,
0: they were supportive like from the beginning. Yeah,
1: they never said, "Well, I wasn't showing any promise in anything else." Right. It wasn't like, you know, I, I was it wasn't like I was uh, uh planned on being a doctor or something. Yeah. I, I had made I had been making drawings my whole life.
0: Yeah. So, so even as a as a in grade school, high school, you're just drawing, painting. Yeah.
1: I I around 3rd, 4th grade when I Around the time I flunked third, <laughs> I uh, I took a drawing of a Tyrannosaurus Rex to school, and they 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 didn't believe I did it. Really? Yeah. And uh, they said, "Do it again." I said, "What do you mean, do it again?" I spent like three or four hours on this, you know. So, uh, and my parent, my father kept drawing. I lampooned the family. I drew caricatures of the family, and, Um, it's funny, you know. I teach now. I've taught at, in fact, I taught at Southampton College, and it's. Last time I taught it at a college was, well, the one and only time was Southampton College. And on my contract, it had an oath. I had never seen an oath before. And the oath was that I wouldn't try to overthrow the Constitution of the United States from my position as art instructor. So I went to the head of the department, the same guy that urged me to uh, apply for the scholarship. Wait, he was still there? Yeah, he was still there. Years later, Don Kirka.
0: Holy smokes.
1: And I went to, went to Don and said... You know it's funny, Don. Referring to that, oh, I, thought, I said it's funny. I, I was planning on overthrowing the Constitution of the United States from my position as art instructor in this pissant school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ha ha ha! Pat, just sign it. I said I'm not signing it. I said this is smacks of McCarthyism to me, and so I never signed it. And you know they, they stiffed me like 30 percent of my of my fee. And I went to Don and I said, what's this all about? You guys promised me X, and I got Y. And he said, oh, "There's no money, or something like that," and there was no point in complaining about it. Um, but I've and I've taught things like the art barge out here and things like that. But now I just teach privately.
0: Wait, so that was a whole happening, though. What's that? That it could because you didn't comply to. Maybe. It'd be, it'd be rather ambitious to overthrow the.
1: Oh, I, the Constitution! <laughs> what the you hell know, I think I did overthrow
0: the Constitution. I say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe no, that was a whole disruption right no, there. No, I never heard about. It. Yeah,
1: yeah. I threw a revolution. and No one came.
0: They're like, wow, someone, <laughs> someone read line three. What the hell? <laughs> but uh, so yeah. you're, so you're, so going back to like when you were in, you know, catching your food and and your painting and. Um, Did you ever have like a moment where you're like, this is going to be my career and this is like, was it, was it earlier on before you went to school? Did you even foresee having a life as like a professional artist, let's say, or, or, you know, selling paintings?
1: That's a really good question because when you look back on it, you think it's an awfully daunting proposition. But, you know, I never thought twice about it. Yeah. I just did it. And I'd never really been that i've never i've always been able to have an amazing life with almost no money yeah um I don't know how we I, my wife and i we go how do we do all this mm-hmm. how do we end up with a home and travel the world and stuff? I think probably part of it is that we just didn't screw up
0: yeah you know uh
1: we we yeah it's sort of a miracle in a way, and I guess the maybe the the point is that uh you don't really need a lot of money to have a good time. Yeah. But we, uh, out of not much, we seem to have done pretty good. Yeah. And um, I mean, I still don't have any security. Um, who knows, like this COVID-19 thing. I've been selling paintings, but it could, uh, I was talking to Nick Aquavella the other day. He's, uh, you ever hear of Aquavella Galleries? Yeah. It's one of the best galleries in the world. I would love to show there, but they yeah. show mostly dead guys. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, I saw Nick surfing, and I said, You know, Nick, I just sold a painting a couple days ago. and Maybe it's the last one. <laughs> and he goes, My father thinks that way. Really? This is this is uh, 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 Nick's father. What's his first name? Anyways, Aquavella, the guy, one of the best, really one of the most respected art dealers in the world. And he still thinks that way. Yeah. I think it's just you just have to be hardwired to be able to accept the fact uh, that it, there is no security, but you know what? The world has come to me. Uh, people who work in corporate uh, back in the old days, they could have a career for their whole lives. Now corporations are being sold, and people are being laid off like crazy. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Yeah, exactly. No security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I never. really, uh, I don't say that with glee. I just. I'm just joking that. I've never really. It's never bothered me.
0: Yeah. Um, you've been. And, you've been balanced with it, even without the security.
1: If I, if I had to go back to painting houses, I'd do it. Charles Bukowski said, I'll go back to the salt mines if they'll have me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I mean, you just do what you have to do. Right. Um, and, and now I got, so, I, I went to an office in Riverhead a, a year and a half ago, sat down, gave the woman some information. Fifteen minutes later, she said, well, this is a social security office. She goes, uh, well, you could have done this six months ago. Would you like that back pay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes i would and she says you'll be getting two thousand dollars a month social security it's like i didn't think i'd ever get that i i really just never expected it
0: well it's like the, the, what we hear is that it's not available anymore people aren't getting it it's like what they just kind of blasted out that. well that's oh, what i, I kind of thought got
1: it under the wire because i would more expect me not to get it
0: right well that's what i'm saying
1: but you know they take the five best years of your life not the five worst years. Oh,
0: that's how they compile it. That's
1: how they make the average. Mm. And I would expect, I would have thought maybe I'll get like 500 bucks a month or something. Yeah. You know, some piker's amount. And uh, you know you know, the word piker comes from? Mm-mm. It's from, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a term from the uh, recession. That a lot of the Okies, you've heard of that expression, yep. were from uh, all across the country. The, the most popular name for a county is Pikes County. And that's where the word piker came from. Interesting. You never, but you never heard of the expression. I haven't actually.
0: I love expressions. I, I actually
1: do too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 knowing the origin of them is nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, I, it's a bit of a phenomena to to embark on a life that has no security. Yeah. And not have it bother you too much. I do formally think about it, you know it, I'm not just willy nilly going through life. For sure. Uh, if 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 Nancy, my wife, does all the books, and she says we're broke, I will I'll go. You know, paint houses. Yeah. Although I, I I used to be the guy that was up on forty foot, fifty foot ladders. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah, it's different.
0: Do you do you think that? uh, I
1: Actually, we'll never paint houses again. I, that's I, the mindset. Yeah, but, that's but the, the you, mindset. <laughs> yeah, but that's the mindset, right? Yeah. If you have, to, you do. What if, you have yeah, to do.
0: totally. And I think that you're like, from what I know of you, it, it shows that. I mean, Because, like I said, it's we were talking before the podcast, and one of the things I'm really interested in is people that pursue their passion through thick or thin I think a lot of people take you know the financially viable road versus really sticking to their craft and their passion and, and yeah, from... I
1: call those smart people
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, none of them hang around with me yeah that's amazing <laughs> my, my, my youngest son's girlfriend who's living with us uh, just got offered a job with a major bank she's a junior in Fordham mm-hmm. she got a hundred on some tests that most people get 80. Right. She's a desirable person. And I said, Well, she's Japanese. And I said, Okana, one of these I foresee that in the future you'll get out of your limousine and you'll walk past a guy selling pencils and it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> Pencil kind <Yeah. laughs> I can give you a discount.
0: That's amazing.
1: But uh, no, I, yeah, we've we sort of got this far. I think we're fine.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I mean yeah, I think it do you think that potentially um even living with a life with no security has maybe lended itself in how you paint? And what the... I mean, because I guess I could backtrack the question, you know, what inspires your painting, and, and but do you also think that the way that your life is just, like, subsequently has lended itself to what ends up on canvas?
1: You know, what ends up on canvas is a... is a Think of a mix master, right? Your whole life. And it's in the back of your brain. What's in the front of your brain is useless that's like where's my car keys mm-hmm. type of stuff or what's happening right now right but I, th- I think I've always think it's like a waking dream you know so for me uh, everybody's different but for me it's, um, it's like that it's like a little door opens up and I- imagery comes out and yeah, things happen yeah and I my, yeah, my older son Sam who's 28 now is, is after years of drawing he's a filmmaker but he's painting and uh I said and he he's like kind of like concerned about paintings the paintings and I said if I could take that self doubt out of your head and throw it away yeah I would do it I would love to do it for you because what you have to do is just work you know is something automatic should happen and if it doesn't happen that's a problem yeah but uh you have to get into a place in your brain where it's just pretty free, free flowing, you know? Yeah. I just met an artist recently. You know, I do the, I curate those shows that, that you've been part of. Uh, he's been collected at right. Southampton Arts Center. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> I just met a guy who was a businessman. He had a PR firm in LA, made a lot of money. And then he got COVID-19 and he almost died. And he came out of a coma. From that? Yeah. From he, COVID? Yeah. How old is this was, guy? He, he's, I think he's probably th- mid thirties. What? Yeah, and he was really messed up. He had he had to learn how to walk again, and
0: how did he end up in a coma from that?
1: He almost died. That's he was, insane. He was in, a, in probably an induced coma with a respirator. Oh, oh yeah,
0: that. yeah.
1: Anyways, he's painting like a like a house on fire, and he paints sort of like uh Keith herring sort mm. of big poppy things yep. like that. Yeah, yeah. I love what he's doing. What's his name? uh Patrick Peter. Patrick he just Peter. came to town. He's out here. Yeah, I'm putting him in the next show. Awesome. The work's extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I, 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 he invited me over. I went over there, and I said, I got nothing to say to you. Just keep working. Keep going. Yeah, just, I, I'm saying nothing. Yeah. I don't want to disturb the train. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's nice to meet. I love that you do that that collective. uh, Just for the, those of you listening, uh, that's actually how Pat and I kind of met. Was, um, well, we originally met via a painting. In a gallery, and then we uh, we actually one of the things I did actually want to talk about. I know we'll bounce around on tangents, but I do love the way that we met. Yeah, we great. we met fighting. Uh, for those of, that are listening, we uh, we yeah. I had a show that was still hanging in the I gallery. Could, I kicked his ass. No, oh, he beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the way that Pat and I actually met was I had a show hanging in the gallery, and and he had a show that was going up, and um, some people had moved a painting of mine, and some paint on the sides had gotten smushed, and then the gallery owner got involved and, and then there was all of a sudden this tension with a person that I had never met and then we had met and it was instant like this kind of rah, 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 rah. and then as the rrr went on we were, we kind of I, we, I remember looking at each other going eh we got some more shit in common than what we think <laughs> yeah. and then from then by the end of the conversation Patton says you know what for, not for nothing, I really like your work, and I'd love for you to be part of my East End Collective. And and at the time, when we were kind of having this back and forth, I had a couple other artists call me, and, hey, I heard you're having this, you know, kind of like a little thing with Patton Miller, like he's a... I'm like, I don't know who he is, and and you're asking, and the same people are calling you, and you're like, I don't know who the hell Brett Loving is, and and I remember a saying that you said when you were in there, you, you go, I don't, I don't, I didn't know how to come in here expecting, I was expecting to fight Bear, and I was like, that is just so funny, because I was thinking the same. Yeah. And then once the, the I got to know you, I was like, this is, I... I, feel, I truly feel like we have a special friendship like that because we have met under those circumstances, yeah. and we were able to kind of squash it and be like, hey, we actually have a ton of similarities um, and I think a similar perspective on life.
1: Yeah, it just, it just caught me in a bad moment. I felt like I was being called on the carpet for nothing.
0: Well, I, that's what yeah. happens sometimes when gallerists get involved. and, and, you know, and Yeah, and t- she some... called me up in a panic. And, yeah. And, uh,
1: and I, I remember halfway through my rant, I was thinking... Uh, I've always had a uh, a special skill of seeing myself from about 30 feet up
0: Yeah,
1: I remember the first time I got dumped by a girl she didn't even I saw her as a potential girlfriend she didn't see me as anything yeah and she made it clear and I moped around for half a day and then I realized I saw myself from 30 feet up yeah and said you're a kid you know get over it yeah and I got over it right away yeah uh, that story helped my son when he had a significant girlfriend and they were living thousands of miles apart so it ended he was just about ready to. he was in vacation in hawaii he was just about ready to paddle out the pipeline my older son is a world-class surfer really and he was all messed up from receiving the news that it was over and he realized that if he paddles out in these this big day at pipeline with this attitude he's gonna get hurt yeah so uh, uh yeah halfway through my rant uh I, I was thinking, well, I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, oh well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, but I I yeah. remember I, honestly though that's that is one of the things I do love about you, though, Patton. Honestly, because I you we both were being a little bit of an asshole as well, and but we were both able to step back and say and and totally change the conversation. We didn't leave that conversation. In being hostile, we yeah. left that conversation working together yeah. and being like, "Let's, I'll see you in a few weeks, and let's talk about this collective." So, yeah. and so it's
1: very rare for me to to, get, to lose my temper. Yeah, I'm an even keeled guy. Yeah, uh, but I uh, I just sort of got on a jag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, jags are temporary
0: things for sure. Yeah, but yeah. like like I said, like it, to me, it's the most commendable thing to be able to come back and be like, okay, let's actually I do this collective. And so, circling back, the this East End Collective is a is a show that Patton curates of. How many artists is it? Is it generally well, we've done twenty or
1: seventy so far? But now with this one, this is number six.
0: How many people are? How many artists are in it per time? About thirty. About twenty, like thirty. Yeah, about thirty. So thirty, and so it's a big building, you know. It is. It's a, a it's
1: a former for all those who don't might have it confused with another place. It's the old former parish art museum in right. Job's Lane in Southampton. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's that Atterbury building. It's that big, beautiful uh, brick brick stone building. So awesome. Yeah, it's a great place, and they gave me the whole place. Yep. People are often are curious, uh, how, how did I get that gig? Yeah. Um, and the, what happened was when they were uh, considering starting an arts organization after the Parrish Art Museum moved to Watermill, they had an empty building, they didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, they had a think tank, and uh, it was at David Bonet's house, who's a collector of mine. And he said, Let, let's bring an artist to get his point of view. And let's bring Patton in. So I was invited to the think tank. And I was the first they asked me the first person to speak. And I said, Well, if you're gonna open an art art institution, if you wanna survive, you're gonna to have to be loved. Yeah. And the way to be loved is to reflect what's happening here and now. Yeah. So the show is not really about what I like or dislike. It's about what's happening here and now. Yeah, the locals. I gave a I gave a watercolor to one of the museums out here from Fairfield Porters uh who whose studio I worked in. I worked in Fairfield Porters Studio for twenty-three years. I found about 25 oils and 75 watercolors, millions of dollars worth of artwork. But I found him before he became really famous. Right. Um, uh, And I gave him all to his widow. And she gave me a watercolor as a finder's fee. And I, I said, You don't have to do that, it's your stuff. Yeah. And she said, I insist. So I had it, so I ended up giving it to one of the museums out here. And they told me it was the first border that they ever had, which tells you what. That tells you that back in the fifties, when Porter, but he wasn't well known, but still, right, he was very respected by everybody. Takunin was one of his best friends, and you know, so they didn't get in the car and go to a studio, and he would have given him one, right. The point being is that it's very easy to miss what's going on. Yeah. Uh, in order to know what's going on, you have to exhibit it. You, you got to throw it up on the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. So it's not really about what I like or dislike. It's it's pretty much about who's doing what. And sometimes it's people you don't. You, you, I've never met. Yeah, uh, a lot of times. Uh, at the first few shows, it was I knew almost everybody. Yeah. But this show at number six there are people I haven't met. Yeah. Uh, one guy named Peter Dagzowski, I saw his work at the, at the at the small gallery at the Rogers Memorial Library in Southampton. This guy's got a full body of work that's very sophisticated. This it, it looks like uh, uh, Blake William Blake kind of like mythic paintings. Yeah. Uh, I asked him, where, where, where do you get your peyote? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the work is incredible, and I've never heard of him before or since. Yeah. I don't know where he went. I know he's from, he lives out here. He, he paints in his mother's basement or something like that. Mm. And then you have other people who have huge international careers, like uh, Shimon uh, uh, Oshtegi, a uh, Russian painter. I forget, I can't pronounce his last name. But uh, he's had a huge career. And he's, yeah. Uh, I th- was he was he the guy that got drunk and when was that you was he interrupting you no it was uh, he, you know I have the artist talk series yeah where you you spoke I did yeah and um, he uh, he got drunk and he wouldn't get off the stage and it,
0: oh that's right were you there I think I was at that one yeah I think yeah. I don't think that was the one that I was a part of I think I came to another uh, speak or, but,
1: but what a brilliant artist yeah just 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 crazy how good he is yeah uh, so for me, it's been a, it's been a voyage of discovery for me. And now we're on number six. So we've, we've done it. We went, just went biannual last year, but last year was a wash because of COVID-19. Yeah. And now we're, we're it's coming up in, in January this year, January 30th, which is fine because people are here anyways. Right. So, and, um, it's going to be up for two and a half months. Amazing. Yeah. That's and awesome. be 30 artists. And in fact, after this, I'm going to see Bastine Schmidt and her husband, Frederick. Oh, cool. Um, yeah so it's, it's been a real a lot of fun for me too yeah and I, I haven't repeated any artists uh including myself i put myself in the first show because i thought well i'm going to be part of this yeah it's one and done i didn't know we were going to do number two
0: what's crazy is that the this or six right yeah well it's, it's crazy that this area even has enough for 30 artists six times in a row and all different artists i'm nowhere
1: near hitting the bottom
0: yeah, you know, yeah, artists I'm
1: sure. say to me, "I'd like to be in the show," and I said, "You know, I don't repeat artists." Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're my friends and stuff, so I can give them, I can give them a hard time. Yeah, you know, you see, I like to give my friends a hard time. Is <laughs> <laughs> see a pattern? Here? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they said, "Well, when you get to the when you get to the when you when you when you when you get to the second lap, then uh, let me know."
0: There might not be. There might not be because honestly, this is this is one of the reasons why I chose this place as well is because just because there are so many creatives. And it, some people you would never even know. You it know, makes a
1: difference. And as uh, advice I give to artists is find a place like this and don't keep moving around. Yeah, because it takes time for people to get to know you. Yeah, totally. I, I sell paintings to people who bought paintings ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I think this place it definitely lends itself to that. I mean, it's it, it's, it's meetings. Unique. It is. It's very it's unique very in that unique. regard. I mean, and just all the different mediums and styles, and you know, it's not like everyone's just picking up a brush and painting. I mean, people are sculpting and. It, it's it's really, truly special in that regard. It, it
1: has a support network here for artists that's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, New York City is the center of the art world, but like I said, I'm not cut out for New York. Yeah. I'm just but not, we're close uh, enough. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's so unique in that respect.
0: And, and close enough meaning geographically. I mean, we can drive the city in an hour yeah. and a half, two hours, and yeah, you are there. i
1: like 25 one-man shows in New York City. Yeah. Uh, if I lived in some other place far away, you know, I'd be more remote and less likely to have those kind of, meet those people who can make that happen. Yeah. Uh, There's, of course, there's there's a lot of artists who do move to places like that. Uh, um, Susan Rothenberg, uh, she just died recently. She's was married to Bruce, uh, I forget his last name, incredible art, what a team they were. But I I was visiting a friend in Southampton and I saw a credit card go down, it it says Susan Rothenberg, I said, are you the artist, Susan Rothenberg? She said she is, and she was with her dealer. And they came to my studio, and we had a really nice visit. That's awesome. I invited them. They, they walked across a parking lot, through a hedge, yeah, across a yard, into my studio. It's one of the Fairfield Porter Studio, which was right on the edge of Southampton Village. Oh, awesome. I mean, they, they would literally walked through hedges with a strange man. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been my sweet face. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, had a nice visit with them, and I was like 25 years old at that time, and they said, yeah, stay you know, stay with it. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't offer me a show,
0: though. Uh, well, oh well. well. Gave some good, gave some good words anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they had a, they had, I think they had a memorable visit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So is like with your work, uh, you know, obviously you paint. Um, how would you describe your work? I guess like how, like, what do you, what, what medium do you call your work? Obviously you paint, but I know there's a, there's something like textural about your canvas and how you ac- you acquire kind of some just eclectic things to put down to canvas for what you actually paint on. Well, how would you describe your work to people that are just listening, I guess? Well,
1: I, I paint the, the people I meet and the places I see and the things I remember. And then there's that whole thing about the actual physicality of the paint. That's very much what you're into. And uh, that is something that just comes from time. Uh, my paintings have a real kind of worked quality to them. I, actually, from house painting, I, I, I remember uh, sanding a door down uh, once and going through you know, the house out here can be a couple hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And you go through the, you can almost, like an archeolog- archaeological dig, you go through the different colors. Uh, they're the 50s. those sort of weird pastels. And and one time I said to uh, the homeowner, I said, you know, this door is a testimony to the age of this house. Don't paint it. Of course, they no one listens to me, and they just had me paint it. But I learned a lot from uh house, you know, De Kooning was a house painter. Yeah. I learned a lot from painting by doing house painting and some of it wasn't just painting but was sanding things down yeah and so uh, I uh, the grinders that I used I used back in those days when I was you know a y- younger fella uh, Makita grinders and stuff I, I take those to my paintings I, I really don't like the beginning of a painting I, yeah it seems thin and kind of wishy-washy and stuff and I, I I get past past that as quickly as I can yeah so my paintings do reflect my life and then the physical thing is just based on my love of an- antiquity yeah uh there are um uh, there's frescoes in Pisa that i'll never forget i've been there a few times the, the, uh, they're all about you know the whole human experience birth life death and then you have people going to heaven and to hell right and the heaven part's okay, but you can tell the artist really love painting the hell. Yeah, you know that's that's you know it's like a, a Hieronymus Her- 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 Bosch, you, you know he loved painting those demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're tearing people apart and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot, lot more fun than that hardy Christian stuff that everybody going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I when I even when I look at your paintings because you have such a unique style to how you paint and you can you can obviously it's it's nice when you can walk into someone's home like i've many times you know after meeting you and seeing like a f- couple of your paintings i'm like oh you know Patton, and then we get to talking um but a lot of like what i see in your work too it 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 does it, it is like these eclectic things that could be in your brain it's like almost like a like a you know like a, a donkey on like as a rolling do- like a like a rocking chair donkey or but there's a lot of figurines and things like that like is that is is that like is there a message in that as far as like kind of turning some of these like creatures like kind of like making them obtruse and different and you know and and oblonged and what what is the what is the style and reasoning behind that?
1: Well, I I, I do love donkeys. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned donkeys. Uh, There's certain animals that in Hawaii they call the hamakua, which is like your spirit animal. And uh, for me, you, you know, I would think oh, it's probably a dolphin because I love the sword so much. I think it's a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hamakua picks you yeah. You don't pick it Yeah, yeah. totally. So, yeah, yeah. I'd like to be the dolphin flying out of the water Yeah, and, yeah, yeah this yeah, ma- mean, majestical thing yeah, I think it's a jackass <laughs> 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 uh, uh, But, you know, like the farm we have in Costa Rica We bought this place 25 years ago with a few friends It's big, as 60 acres uh, our, This pueblita that it's in All of a sudden became my outdoor studio I started painting everybody. Yeah. And we'd go down there for a period of time, and I'd come back with 10 or 12 paintings. Um, and then the paintings I do here are often based on what I saw there or other travels. Um, when I traveled, that spent that year in Asia when I was at, um, a 20-year-old. I turned 21 on the trip, as I said. I was painting the people I met, the yeah. places I saw. Um, and then, the, of course, the older you get, the imagination kicks in more, and you start dealing with things that you... Uh, can your imagination pops up yeah and it 's not even imagination it's almost like that little door that opens up to the, that collective consciousness of your whole life yeah um, and then you end up with images that you don't even expect. So it's a combination of uh, uh, it's a good yin and yang between the external and the internal. Yeah. Um, and when I'm in my studio, it's a con- uh, it is uh, based on things I've done, but it, of course it's it's internalized because I'm in my studio. Right. I'm not in my farm in Costa Rica painting Hilario. Yeah. Who uh, lived across the lane. Right. And would come and sit for a painting.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know that that's I I have nostalgia about that because that's sometimes I think it's I wouldn't want to paint just strictly what's in front of me at the moment uh, all the time but it's nice when you do it because when you let's say nine months of uh, being in the studio and working with, with whatever you can dredge out of your brain it's nice to go someplace and just paint an old man sitting in a chair yeah you know that whole tradition that I love so much with the Van Gogh and uh, so many artists that would you know paint just a person yeah just sitting there just know? sitting there yeah Yeah. yeah. and they let them carry the story
0: Do you do you find that uh I mean, because for me, um, I find this to be true, and I'm curious of, of other artists and their thoughts. But do you feel like some of these thoughts that do come to us that they're not ours? Like they just kind of come to us, and like you say, like some of these things unexpectedly end up on canvas. Do you think that sometimes it's like it's it maybe it is your subconscious, but it seems like sometimes our thoughts really aren't ours. Like how do they? How do we derive it? Like like landing on a thought. Maybe it's even as far as like an idea or an invention. Sometimes, obviously, it's like okay, I need a a way to cut this piece of paper, so I'll create these scissors. That's obvious, but it seems like so many ideas that I have and and things that end up on canvas. Obviously, my work being more like it's just truly abstract and not figurative. Um, Do you feel that way ever? Like you know, because it seems like maybe you alluded to that slightly.
1: It's a really good hypothesis. I'm not sure. I don't think I have an answer. Mm -hmm. I think. uh, I think you go into that uh, nether part of your brain and it seems to be uh, what I call the collective consciousness of your whole life, sort of the junk drawer of your life, you know? Yeah. You open it up, there's a Super Bowl and some fishing line and, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) an old dice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Some cards. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to think that maybe some of it is stuff that is not really yours. Uh,
0: But you think it is ours.
1: I kind of lean that way yeah I think it's you got what you earn Mm -hmm. you know um I don't don't know I don't know it's that intangible stuff is you don't know anyways right like when I teach I I keep it nuts and bolts yeah you know I I try to teach drawing skills yeah uh what's nice is that it's almost always different from what you think it's gonna be right and that's something that I think is really cool yeah um you have to let it go you know um it's nice and it's nice, uh maybe this is one aspect of it is the influences that you get from art history and from your relationships with other artists yeah uh they are uh, they become part of your work, right, yeah, and they weren't before, so those in a way were not yours, yeah, you know this this painter that I told you about Patrick Peter, I was thinking about him when I was painting the other day, yeah, see how free he is, yeah, know? totally, he's like he's like a he's like a piano falling down a staircase, yeah. You know? You know, he's he's not. Yeah, I I love that. I I, I much rather f- feel inspired. I mean, we went to the Prado last October when we were in Spain. It was like second time I've been in the Prado, f- separated by forty five years. I was in the. I went to the Prado when I was um, on that trip, the first trip through Asia so and yeah. stuff in European Europe in nineteen seventy four, and then I ended up going back just last year. Forty five years. That's later. crazy. Um, was
0: it like you remembered it?
1: no they they improved the museum a lot mm-hmm. when I when I was there I remember windows being open and pigeons flying in and out really and stuff. yeah uh, now it's much a state of the art museum yeah um, I'd like to know if that how accurate my m- memory is on that but I remember the louver those big floor to ceiling win- windows they're like doors yeah uh, just open you know open to the elements yep uh, I, I didn't see any birds but you they could fly in yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so uh I, it's, to me, to stand in front of uh, that great execution painting by Goya, wow. Those Velasquez's that are in there, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's that's uh, the achievement. Uh, an art historian once said to me about it, he was, he was looking at this Caravaggio, reproduction of a Caravaggio still life, and he's going, you know, if aliens come to Earth to destroy us, show them this painting. Maybe they'll reconsider. Yeah. It. Maybe they'll say, well, yeah. yeah, maybe we should give him another Yeah,
0: chance. one more. Yeah,
1: yeah. You look at that Caravaggio. Even though he was a murdering son of a bitch, yeah, uh, and he was murdered in turn. Uh, what a what a crazy, what a great great artist. Yeah, I mean it's it's really great. I mean the history of art is this guy Patrick Peter. He doesn't know anything about art. He's painting, but he doesn't know. Anything, he has no idea about art history. Yeah, and I'm throwing names at him like Basquiat. His work reminds me of Basquiat too.
0: Did he at least know who Boscat was? No. That's amazing.
1: Well maybe he did. There was a lot of artists. He like he wasn't really thinking about or aware of a lot of artists. Yeah. And um yeah, anyways. I
0: would I would say, you know, for me, getting into art uh was similar. And a lot of people would have always like when I first started painting, I guess, you know, as as trying to you know, creating a, a body of work that would be worthy of showing after I'd shown like my first piece and People really wanted to see like a, a full body of 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 my style, and um, people would always give me names, you know, Garrett Richter and, and uh, yeah, know, Stanley. Yeah,
1: you
0: K- It did in the beginning as well, but it. Um, I I do find like obviously it's a squeegee pole. Um, it's a it's a
1: compliment.
0: Yeah, well, thank yeah. you. I, <laughs> I, I, it is. A, I, it is. I, I almost. I thank you, by the way. But yeah. it's also it's like. People would tell me that in the beginning and i would say and i would almost be like well no this is it's my style and it's i, I don't even know who that guy is yeah. and i really truly didn't
1: well that and then happens. we're all part of a club right different factions of a club yeah yeah
0: and so i, I really the big club
1: is you're an artist yeah the, the the sub chapters are what kind of artists are exactly right? so you just belong to that crew yeah exactly exactly yeah.
0: and so i was i remember just being like you know not wanting to look into other artists i didn't want to feel i was replicating something yeah and um uh, but now as I, time goes on it's interesting that you say that because i do if i i people ask me like i did an interview and and they're like well, so who are you inspired by as you know as an artist and i was like it was i didn't have like big names to to tell them i was like mm-hmm. it's local artists it's people that i know It's people that i interact with mm-hmm. uh it's people that i see going to art shows and and talking about their art and talking to people and um and being themselves and showing their creativity and I, I, to me that's what I'm inspired by so as, as much as i am inspired by Gerard, i mean who couldn't be inspired by such an individual i mean he's he's a, he is a legend in his in his own right but i really am more inspired by the local
1: that's interesting cuz I, I think more about history
0: yeah, yeah. And, I, and 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 oh, so where i was going with that is that i i kind of i start, i made it my duty to learn about art history and learn and just take in as much as i possibly could that's and and it's to not go to school for that and not be taught an orthodox way of like, you know what paintings are representative of what and what era and why and why is this important and yeah. it was at that point when I really started realizing whoa actually art is actually super important it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's responsible for everything the the text in our books this the text on our signs the clothes that we wear yeah. it's literally all encompassing
1: I think about the history how's history written it's, it's written with war mm-hmm. and art yeah and I'm sure there might be one or two I'm missing but you get my point yeah totally you know?
0: um, it really does give us a timeline of things
1: yeah uh, and it reflects war yeah often, yeah. You know? I mean a lot of paintings are about that I was just uh, I teach on zoom and I was just the, the uh, assignment I gave out to my students uh, I only teach one week, one class a week and it's, and it's today at, at three o'clock um, the only uh, the, I mean the instruction I gave was uh, a, a go, every week's a different lesson and this week's lesson is about political cartooning. Yeah. And since we're so inundated with politics, I said pick your politician that you want to lampoon mm-hmm. and, and lampoon them. Yeah. And I mentioned uh, Thomas Nast, uh, American 19th century political cartoonist, one of the best. And of course, the, the greatest of all time, Daumier. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Daumier is one of my favorites, uh, a 19th century French uh, caricaturist and a painter, too. So
0: you're, you're still big into caricatures.
1: Well, you know, I just it, I don't do it. I don't do them really, but I just I you don't just, do them. I'm, I know I just I just love political cartooning. I love yeah. Political art. I I think it's a it's well the rest of us are just making pictures for people's living rooms. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, these guys are taking on the, the they're fighting city hall.
0: They're putting it out there. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think it's I I just you know I'm I'm working from a part of the brain that's a little bit different. Right. But I, I admire it a lot. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I mean, guys like Diego Rivera and uh, you know, it's people. like
0: it's like the newspaper graffiti
1: yeah well it used to be a much bigger thing yeah Uh, i think uh in newspapers in the 19th and early 20th century it was a much bigger thing yeah um guys like boss tweed and those kind of characters yeah lampooned yeah and uh artistic chances yeah Yeah. i I admire that a lot
0: so that's you admire that and do you uh, who do we think who do we know that is taking chances like that that's in that art world that's that's merging it into the art world
1: a good question i can't think of anybody
0: yeah because i even when i even when i went down to uh you know, I went to Basel again last year and I showed at uh at Scope. And there was a lot of political stuff. There was a lot, a lot of like pieces, you know, a yeah. lot of like photoshopped, you know, fire burning, you know, no miracles here, whatever it is, you know, something It
1: some... might be the graffiti world, you know, that whole urban yeah.
0: thing, which uh, I I do love the graffiti world. It's really, really grown on me. It's so funny because I remember being a kid.
1: Well, what's his name? Uh the graffiti artist uh the guy no one knows is uh dad. Banksy. Huh? Banksy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he he has a political bent to his work. The whole thing
0: is all political. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Every time I have this conversation, I think I should do it. Yeah. But I get in my studio, I just go. My river goes a different way. Yeah. Not everybody. You can't. Not everybody can be one. That, yeah, I you know. know. Um,
0: yeah. It's, it is. It's a risky thing because I mean, oh, the I one the risky. one guy just got shot in Paris, like you know what, seven years uh, ago.
1: You're right. The, the whole thing against Muhammad. Yeah.
0: Remember, it's, I mean, he for drawing a cartoon.
1: Yeah. Uh, remember when that uh, newspaper got attacked. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean if that my memory that's...
1: Is shot, I should be able to remember that. <laughs> Seven years time. <laughs> what the hell?
0: <laughs> well we were just talking earlier even outside that you were saying that you uh, you've surfed for fifty years and now you're doing stand up paddleboard. Yeah.
1: But I'm surfing on a stand up paddleboard. And, and surfing I'm still catching
0: waves. Still catching waves. Yeah, I
1: still catching... I just caught waves yesterday. I mean come on. Yeah.
0: What the hell? I mean fifty years of surfing, I mean just for anybody, I don't think any a lot of people don't do fifty years of anything.
1: Well, surfing is a funny sport. It does beat you up a little bit, but not like some sports. Yeah. Um, I started in the late 50s and went through the whole thing, uh, you know, the longboard, the the shortboard revolution and and uh like i said i- I surfed until my neck injury kept me from uh paddling like a normal surfboard, so now I stand up, yeah, and the the, the alignment of my spine standing up is much more comfortable, yeah i'm sure I'm sure, and i love it i I go out there and i see I can see so far when I'm standing up on my board, yeah, and I catch a lot of waves yeah i bet uh, i i i catch i I get into like a thing where I'm just going around it's a circuit,
0: yeah, you know?
1: and um yeah, it's it's a it's a big family thing.
0: Yeah, your yeah. son surf.
1: My older son surfs. My younger son did surf, but he he was he, he my younger son is he's like a great athlete. He had his baseball career that when he was in little league, they won uh, the region. That was really exciting. It was the first time that we because my older son's a surfer, we never got a chance to be little league parents. Yeah, totally. And we you know we were under strict orders never to say a word, and of course we didn't. But we put our lawn chairs up and sit there like mom, pa, kettle. Yeah. You know, and watch our boy.
0: All-American.
1: Excel at baseball. Awesome, though. He was just a, just an he, he was the catcher, and he didn't have the strongest arm to second base. But what he had was brains. Yeah. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the decisions he made, he ran the team. And if he didn't catch, they lost. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't have a good catcher, that ball's squirming all over the place. Right, yeah. Um, but uh, and he was a great snowboarder, but uh, surfing wasn't his thing. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, and uh, but um, he loves the beach, and he loves, the, you know. So we're, our lives are revolved around the ocean. Yeah. Um, and Sam, like I said, is a world class surfer. Uh, he's he's part. He's six foot three, like 185 pounds of solid muscle, and he surfs a six zero. That's awesome. I don't know how he does it. That's amazing. It's like I always said to these guys. You guys board, you ride boards that are too small, Yeah, <laughs> but they make it work. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm,
0: I'm fascinated by the surfing culture out here. I mean, cause like I was telling you before, I didn't grow up surfing, but it's, it's really got my attention. I mean, everyone's like, you know, you got to get a wetsuit, you got to come get in the water. And
1: it is, it, it, I advise everybody to do it because we're surrounded by water. Yeah. So why not be in the water?
0: I mean, trust me. I mean, me. we
1: see whales and dolphins and turtles and seahorses, Yeah. Sea horses, yeah. Uh, manta rays. Uh, right out here. Oh yeah. I've all those I've seen. Different times of year, different years. Seahorse, uh, the seahorse sea thing came uh, just once. Yeah. All of a sudden, we had a million seahorses. Really? Yeah. How big are they? Like tiny, like two inches. But you tiny. just
0: put your head underwater, water, you see them, He's or you can.
1: All over the place.
0: Really? Yeah. It was
1: a it was a seahorse explosion.
0: What a crazy creature! Yeah. What a bizarre creature! It is a
1: bizarre creature.
0: That is so funny.
1: But it is like you know, for me, it's it's. I just feel. I I still you know a lot of people sh- you should stretch before you go surfing. If I see waves, I'm like a dog. <laughs> uh, I, I, I run across the beach like a little kid. You're charging in. I, I, I'm out there like that. I love that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love that. Because yeah. you're, you're 63?
1: 67.
0: So you're 67? Yeah. You don't even look 67. And
1: um, I, I, like, I look more like 70, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I find that amazing. I mean, I know so many people in their 60s that are just there's no way they're even barely getting in the water.
1: Yeah, no, a, a friend of mine, an art dealer I work with said, if it was all 67 years old, there would all be dead bodies floating around.
0: <laughs> That's a very different image of 67-year-old surfing, yeah, just, just bobbing, dead bobbing, just dead dead bobbing bodies, in the yeah. water.
1: <laughs> no, but I've been doing it my whole life, so for me, it's second nature. Yeah. I went, it was great the other day. I had a, uh, a moment where I, I got to the beach. I didn't know my older son was there, but he was there, and he came running down, and he had his dog with him. And he's and he and I said, "Oh great, you're here, Sammy." And he had his clothes on, so I knew he was done surfing. But he was up there with his crew, and I went out there and just killed it. Yeah. And it was it was like one of those things. That's my dad. Yeah, that's amazing. That's you know, that's a real sweet moment. Totally. Yeah.
0: That's I mean that's ultimate.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I I aspire to be that way one day.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't. Have, I wasn't a father until I was 38. Yeah. Yeah, I waited. Yeah, and, you know, it was just perfect for me. Totally. Because I didn't have, I didn't have any money, and I mean, there were times when we didn't have any money when we were parents. Yeah. I mean, we never let money get in the way of doing anything, but we've, it was a for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it was a it was good to wait for me. Yeah. To, yeah.
0: So. Yeah, it's it's interesting too, because I mean, it's like you said, it's even money. But like, one of the things I am still fascinated about, like even within your life though, is that it's you know you made you made experiences happen. Which is, I think, similar in, in my nothing. life. On nothing, yeah. balling, well, on, no, balling no. on a budget. They say, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's. I think that the, I think that's fascinating because it's like you know. I talked to even myself now. It's like I I haven't made the time to go to Bali and make that happen, but.
1: Well, you've been a hard-working guy your whole life.
0: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I definitely. I mean, you got
1: this huge excavation business, and you you got 20 vehicles now. Yeah. That's a lot on your plate.
0: It's definitely not nothing. I, I've actually no, been. it's admirable. Yeah,
1: it's there's, it's. there's a lot of lazy people out there.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I was
1: just talking to a Vietnamese guy, and I said, you know, were you part of that crew that came in the 70s? And he goes, no, I came uh, to a different part of the United States in the 80s. And he goes, was there a crew out here in, this, in the in the late mid to late 70s? I said, yeah, there was a group of vietnamese that came and within five years they had businesses and houses yeah houses. yeah they made um, the american beer drinking fool look like a beer drinking fool yeah totally i mean it was it was amazing yeah I mean, it showed that immigrant energy you know yeah um so yeah so it's i always admired that
0: yeah know? i you had a construction background too no
1: yeah I, when i well, well not really a construction background but i painted houses okay told you that yeah that's then, right then we did we did do some building. Right. Yeah. But mostly it was just painting houses and it was the thing about us it, it was like we would you know, I was like in my mid twenties, a builder said to me, Boy, we didn't know we didn't know what you guys were about at first. And I said, What do you mean? He goes, Well, we'd be working all day and wondering where the painters? Right? And then we'd go home and come back the next day and a whole bunch of shit had been done. Do it at night. And I, we worked at night. Yeah. <laughs> we would we would go surfing at like six thirty in the morning yeah. till like ten. Then we'd, or, or we'd surf all day if it was good. Yeah. And then we'd go to work at four and work till like one in the morning. Yeah. Then we'd wake up at six, go surf, you know? Yeah. We could do it. We were young.
0: What are, what are the hours of when you paint now? Do you paint at well, night? I'm,
1: I'm very strict about that. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a diurnal guy. Boy, when the sun goes down, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, I'm done. That's why an ideal situation for me would be to be here and then go to Chile in the winter time when the sun is up all day. Yeah. I, I surfed Chile uh ten years ago and loved it. it, it it's like where I was it looks like Monter- Monterey, California. Yeah. It's just beautiful. But I'm I'm not gonna do that. And now with COVID nineteen I can do it. Um but so, I love those long days.
0: So you, when you when you're painting though, you, you like to paint first thing in the morning?
1: Yeah I, I, you know, I a lot of times I've been playing a game called pickleball. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a platform tennis type. Of yep. Game. So I, I do that from eight to ten or so. My wife does it too, and we do it together. And then I go to the studio from like eleven to five. Yeah, yeah. And I and some days I teach. And
0: do you do you work at one on one painting at a time?
1: No, I, I have a tendency to bounce around, but I focus on one painting at a time. But yeah. I get distracted. Yeah. Other paintings will pull me sometimes. Yeah but right now I'm just doing a painting of a composition I've been thinking about for years and never did it yeah it's a guy going down a river uh, surrounded by uh, giant redwoods and boulders and bears cool (laughs) it is cool (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) it's it's like it's like a Jack London kind of
0: okay yeah cool painting yeah so is um where are you showing coming up? Do you have like any upcoming shows?
1: i a life of no security. I got nothing going
0: on. That's likewise though. Nothing. As far as art goes, I have zero.
1: I've been selling out of my studio, which is great, but I have no shows. I, I Up to this point, I've always had shows and I've shown a lot in, in New York. I've shown a lot out here. I've shown a lot in the West Coast, LA, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland. I got nothing going on. Yeah. And uh, it's just like part of that hard wire of like, well, we'll always make it work. Yeah. Luckily, I I don't have a lot of overhead. We, We paid our house off. College is a big deal. Yeah, uh, Our younger son's going to college, and that's that's going to take about a quarter of a million dollars. Jesus. And that's our savings. Yeah. So when, when he's done with Kaaba, a highly educated young man, I'll be selling pencils. <laughs> 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 it's okay.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: like I said, I'll go back to the salt mines if they'll have me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, because like, I'm, I'm in the same boat, and this is probably the first year of having— uh, really know where to go with my art. I mean, I, I've called a couple of galleries and, and they're like, oh, we're, you know, we have a show up right now. And I was like, okay, well, you well, know. they're hurting big time. They're hurting really bad. I actually, that's, that's kind of why I came with that concept of having that mobile art rig, you know, and having it on my truck. Um, obviously, that's going to only happen in the summertime. But it's like going into winter and in the, the season, it's like, well, you know, and there's, it just... I've been making some phone calls, and I'm just like, every, every which way I go, it just seems to be like a closed door. Yeah, it's and new, I, new groundwork. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I do see that as a blessing. I'm like, okay, there's, there's juice in this somewhere. There's something yeah. here that's good. I just don't know what it is yet.
1: I'll tell you a funny story. We, uh, in my career, I've had a lot of ups and downs. Normal, right? Mm-hmm. And that gallery I was with, they picked me up out of, when I got out of college. I was there for 14 years it was an exclusive holy shit it was a long time it was like a marriage yeah and when I left it I left it because the recession in 1980 89 90 last I, I left that gallery around, around 93 and it was not because the, the gallery the gallerist was great She's wonderful it was just that I, I was a new father and I felt like I couldn't wait for someone else to make my life happen yeah and I if I was going to fail I wanted to blame myself yeah not think about what my dealer was doing yeah and there was no business anyway, so I had nothing to lose. Um, um, I forgot
0: where I was going with this. Oh, I guess I'll
1: a, a glass of water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so goes life. Uh, we were talking about no, oh yeah, no, nowhere, yeah, got, no place got, to be. I, I pulled it back out of the way. Yes, handle. yes. Yeah, excuse me. Stand
1: by. Yes. So
0: I got you while you drink.
1: So anyways, uh, after stories. I left that gallery, um, some artists... Yeah, sometimes artists can be tough on each other. It's okay. He's still my friend. He said, ah, Patton's washed up. And when I heard that, I said, well, at least I was in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was washed up. That's when I went back to house painting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I went from having shows in Europe and, and one-man shows in New York City to back go back to house painting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had no choice. I was a new father. We came back from Hawaii with $800 and a baby. Yeah. I, was, I rented an apartment above Rotation's bicycle shop in Southampton yeah in 19 that was in 1993 I had holy shit I had no no properties no no houses yeah like i I had to start from scratch yeah like, again yeah. and and I've told my sons I said my some of my fondest memories in life is 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 that stuff of slipping into the ocean with, you know to go hunt yeah to go get food because we have like 40 dollars yeah you know i mean it's crazy because most people would flip out yeah but i always knew i was strong i was was relatively young i can i if i have to i'll just do what i have to do yeah and um now i have nothing going on except that i do sell out of my studio pretty steadily because i've been around so long yeah you know like i said i had a collector by pain recently that hadn't bought one in 10 years yeah so uh, that's what I sort of depend on. I do use the internet. The internet does, in some ways, uh, replace a dealer. Yeah. Because we can communicate with people. Yeah, totally. You know, you know what they should study, what students should, our students should study in our school is business. Yeah, I agree. They, uh, you're a businessman. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, my contracting helped me. Um, I remember one time going to a, uh, uh, a job interview to see if we we're, you know, to do an estimate. And I took one of the guys that worked for me. He just happened to be with me, so he came with me. And we walk, we walk in, I turn around, and he's got his sunglasses on. And I'm thinking, take your sunglasses off. Yeah. But I can't say anything, we yeah, am yeah, talking yeah. to the people. He never took the sunglasses off. You look like a serial murderer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: He's got the reflective lens.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and he had a weird way of talking anyways. He always kind of muttered. Yeah. So it's like I brought Charles Manson to the job. Totally, yeah. 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 So I, I, when we left, I said, well, we're not getting that job. And he goes, how do you know? And I said, well, you never took your sunglasses off. And he goes, oh. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, that's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I I couldn't agree more about studying business and, and understanding business because one of the big, biggest disconnects and a lot of my my friends that are artists you know they're like I just don't understand I'm not good at the business side I'm not good. I'm like well that Well, that
1: art card, that's a mistake
0: I think the same yeah I mean I would
1: you better be good at it otherwise you're going to be someone's lackey
0: you're or you're just you're just waiting for somebody to pick up the reins and drive your cart because yeah. you know ultimately that's uh, if you're not good with business you're not going to have a successful yeah. business model you're you have a product. Ultimately, you yeah. do have a product, and you're, you're you're selling a product.
1: Well, you're in the marketplace right next to the skin goats and the brass pans. Exactly. And there you are with my art, you know? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you need this in your house. And everybody is, and nobody needs it. Yeah. Nobody needs art.
0: That's, that's right. You
1: know, I have collectors tell me, well, yes, we do need it. Yeah. It's food for our brain. Yeah. And our soul and stuff. And I say, oh, God bless you. I, I say, I have a shrine for you in my home. But, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that nobody needs it. Yeah. And, you know, hell, I'm on Social Security now, so I can... I could buy a $2,000. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I well earned. Need, I don't need anything. Like, you know, shopping. Yeah. I go in into, into shop and it's like, get me out of here. Yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I am part of a consumer uh, culture. Yeah. I need people to buy my paintings. Yeah. But I hate shopping. Yeah. I had a guy, a friend of mine has been gaining weight for 30 years. He's been giving me his clothes. And I give him like a small painting. Yeah. And it's like, he the clothes still have tags on
0: that's amazing.
1: All these clothes are his. Really? This is Peter Hirsch's clothes. That's amazing. I'm not that, no. I'm Peter <laughs> Hirsch. Yeah. And he, he goes, his mom buys him clothes. Yeah. And his mom just passed away, and this guy's been my friend since like college. Yeah. And and he's just a big guy. He's my size, but he's gained a little weight. Yeah. And and so he keeps giving me like amazing clothes.
0: Totally. And clothes
1: I would never buy. Ralph Lauren. Yeah. All these beautiful clothes. Right. And it's like you know, I look great in his clothes. <laughs> that's amazing. <Yeah. laughs> that's uh, that's the
0: that's the way to do it, honestly.
1: Well, you know, I've, I've actually I, uh, when I lived above rotations, I got to know the owner of uh, rotations. So I bartered with him. I never, I haven't bought. We bought inline skates, bicycles, helmets, clothes. Uh, that's the way He's to do got it. a collection of my paintings. Um, you know, uh, de Kooning did that. Yeah. Um, people, Bar-
0: have, yeah. I love bartering paintings. I, I love bartering too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. the IRS can
0: go to hell. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> said that. I mean- yeah, yeah, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. We'll, we'll have to bleep that out. No, I'll just say fuck
1: them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but no, I mean, honestly, it's it's nice that we can barter. It's, it is a very primitive thing. I mean, back to when we used to trade animal skins or what have you. It's nice to be able to barter things with you know with with goods. And uh, I've done the same thing. I've bartered. You know, I've gone back and forth with paintings or, or sculptures from people. Like, hey, let's do an artist trade. I really love doing that. Honestly. Yeah, I've never had a problem either. I've yeah. i
1: never had anybody like kind of shortchange me or anything. Yeah. It's I mean, always been, it's always been good. Yeah.
0: Me. Especially, you know, especially artist to artist, too, which is, you know, I love having other artists work in my home, too. I, I do collect like my friends' art and, and, and people that I, that I, you know, works that I love. But, um, so yeah, I, I feel you on that. But, um, what are you What are you working on currently? I mean, uh, what do well, you? I told you, you I'm working on the the one painting. But yeah. as far I mean, are, are you kind of just gearing up for the the art center gig in January?
1: No, that's all. It happens through osmosis.
0: Okay, yeah. I do a little bit every day. Yeah. Um. You have all your artists.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 looming on the horizon, and I don't know how it's going to go because of the COVID-19. You know, we had openings that are being heard of 800 people. You saw it. Yeah, I know. We it, it was packed. It was packed. We're not doing that this time.
0: You guys going to have a a, um, a I have, speaking portion?
1: I, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right? I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, right. I suppose we could do a speaking thing. Yeah. I, and tell, you know, I work with Amy Kerlin on that. Yeah. And she's... Uh, Amy's great. Amy's amazing. A- Amy is one of the people who can chew gum and walk. Yeah. The same time. I love those types yeah. of people. If I chew gum and walk, I'm going to be walking, chewing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you know what i mean yeah i get mean, where you're yeah. going i get, get where you're, going. I get you're yeah, going i'll screw it up if i can screw it up somewhere i'll screw it up but yeah. she's actually one of those people who multitask like crazy i yeah. i i just adore her
0: those are the people that those are the glue that hold those types of places together
1: yeah boy does she yeah, yeah. i mean she's got a, you know tom dunn is a great guy too and uh godfrey and you know it's a good crew over there yeah and that's i think that's you know that's that's uh it's interesting uh when I, I told you when I had the first show, I thought it was one and done. Yeah. It wouldn't happen again. Now we're on number six. Yeah. And a big part of that is because we all get along really mm. well. Yeah. And and I, and I try really hard not to be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, most, most of the artists I've worked with too have been really good. It's funny about, about artists, the ones with the big careers that are the easiest going. Yeah. The ones that are just kind of starting out are going kind to of have a tendency to be a little bit like snapping chihuahuas. Yeah, for sure. You
0: know? I've dealt with that too. Just even, I've curated a couple of things in the city and it's just like, hey, listen, we're. I'm not even like, I'm I just, this together here. yeah like I'm doing this for all of us here yeah. like we're on the same team
1: yeah
0: um, but it is I've, I've experienced that too
1: yeah it doesn't doesn't behoove it doesn't help artists at all to be painted
0: you, at all. No. It, well, I think sometimes people get it in their head that I'm the artist and I need to have no, this little bit mistake. dramaticism. But I I slowly see that eroding away, which I'm so happy about. That's a big mistake. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because
1: that's just, that's, just that's just a chump attitude.
0: Yeah. And I, I, what I've been realizing lately, you know, there's, there's a lot of people are taking... I've been dealing with a lot of professionals of people that just really treat their craft so professionally. And it's it's so refreshing.
1: Yeah. We Be all walks of life.
0: Uh, well yeah but more in art because yeah. like in, in art mostly like you know I deal with a lot of just people are just really just out to lunch on some shit like you know I'm not a business person or my, my manager handles that my agent handles. it and I'm like well dude what the fuck yeah. yeah like what are you talking about your agent like no I'm trying to talk to you I'm trying to call you, you know, or you, they won't pick up the phone they'll only yeah. text you it's like listen yeah. man like let's communicate here
1: well, like I said, when I was uh, when I left that long term gallery, I it, it was not not a personal thing against the dealer at all. I loved her. Yeah. But I just felt like I had to take the reins. Yeah. I had I I, I wasn't father. Yeah. Becoming a father changed everything for me.
0: Um, I think it does for a lot of people. You
1: know, I I would go to I used to have land in Portugal. I'd go to Portugal for two months. Yeah. Just willy nilly. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm in Portugal for two months. Yeah. You know? It was great. Yeah. But uh, when you become a father, it's like well, it's no longer about you. Yeah. You know, which is a great. You know the, the brain of the artist, the brain of anybody really, is a kind of a cul-de-sac. Yeah, a limited area. You only go so far, and after a while, that cul-de-sac starts looking like a ghetto. Yeah, and the kids sort of blow a hole in that whole thing, and you get to go further and farther than you ever thought.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, for me, it's been a great personal, you know, discovery. And now, that, and like going back to the beginning of this conversation. Now they're back. Now they're back.
0: And better than ever.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice to provide a sanctuary for them. Yeah. You know, I
0: right? think that's that's there's value in that. Oh, that's great. And our
1: house has improved. Yeah. Uh, there was a room in the basement and it became like a horrible storage room. Just awful. I mean, the kids had painted on the walls. It looked like an, an insane person living there. Yeah. And we turned it into an editing bay. It's a full size bedroom down there. Yeah, it's that nice. Was, that was wasted space. The bicycle shed that was over by our koi pond was uh, uh, just like that. It had sort of just fallen apart. Nancy and I just didn't have the energy to do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit, you know, we have three acres. They've yeah, we got a lot to handle here. And uh, that the kids uh, got involved in that and stripped it down and turned it into a beautiful little uh, salon. Yeah, and that's where they can go and hang out and get away from us.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You know? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting evolution.
1: It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a horrible time and people are dying and stuff and it's getting worse. But it's you got to take a little bit of you have to have a little bit of uh, find a little bit of shine. In know, a, a. I think well, I was that old saying how many how many ways can you polish a turd? <laughs> 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 <need> them, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it really is genuinely uh, uh, wonderful for us in this respect.
0: I think so too. I think there is a a big silver lining to. to but it to is everything. dangerous, and it's t- yeah. times
1: and t- times are getting worse. I mean, the news is not good.
0: Yeah, the news is not good. No, the news, news for sure. Two
1: hundred thousand cases a day. Yeah, or something. I don't understand how that happens.
0: I don't either. Yeah, you know? I don't even know how news happens at this point. To be honest, you know, it seems yeah. it all seems a little a little scary.
1: Well, I remember Nixon. Yeah. So and people I've known a lot of people remember the Nazis. Yeah. So there's always something.
0: There's always a thing. You there's know? always an enemy.
1: I have faith in this country, though it has, has a tendency to uh, to to right itself. Yeah, um, and I think it just righted itself in a big way. Yeah, um, well, it,
0: it's 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 nice to hear you say that you do have faith because it's this country has allowed you to 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 pursue this passion.
1: When I when I got back from that trip through Asia, I don't think I realized how much I appreciate this country. Yeah, you know, when I when I was in India, I saw elephantitis on the street. Yeah. You know what elephantitis looks like? Oh,
0: it's scary. It looks like elephants. It literally looks like yeah. elephants. Yeah. Yeah. And why does that? Why is that so prevalent over there? Or prevalent over there? Like it's. It seems like it's I, a, it's I couldn't tell you. In the water or something, huh? I
1: Could not tell you. Yeah. Um, but it's. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of. In India, it's funny because uh, you could walk down the street and you have a saint on your left and a killer on your right. Right.
0: Yeah, and not even know.
1: Well, you kind of know
0: you kind of do know (laughs) kind of like the guy Uh, trying to blend in with the uh with the other crowd in uh, in bali i'm
1: kidding i you know you just feel like it's it's like every it's it's i mean it was an amazing experience what i want to do that it was hard too because i was it was it was a lot of third class rail and yeah you know i traveled from india into nepal um on the back of a truck full of wood i mean we're talking like looking over the edge of you know precipices that are Thousands of feet down. Wow. And you sneak your way over that spur of the Himalayas that separates the two countries. Um, you know, it was a great thing to do when I was young. Yeah. But now, now I love my home mm-hmm. and my family. You know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm the simplest guy in the world. I just wake up, make coffee for my wife, and either go surfing or play a sport. Yeah. And then go to the studio. That's so amazing. It, it doesn't cost anything.
0: What else do you need in life? Not much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need much. I know, I agree. I think that the the simpler things are are very nice. Yeah. I mean... uh, I'm glad I
1: didn't screw it up.
0: Yeah, I don't think you did. No. You raised some beautiful family. still
1: loves me, apparently. That's
0: a humongous thing, in today's times especially. The
1: the kids seem to think I'm interesting or kind of oddly funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge win. I was referring to a 4012 k Yeah. I don't even know what it is. I've never had one. And my son just found that to be the funniest thing in the world. You know, dad is like this primitive guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I, I, they think I'm something from like an olden time. (laughs) Well, you kind of are. I guess I am. You kind of
0: are. (laughs) I mean, I remember you were telling me a story before. uh, When you lost all your paintings in the street, you got hit in, uh, you think you're in a truck.
1: Oh, no, no. I was uh, bringing a painting home from the gallery in Southampton, a a gallery that I was working with. And I thought, "Uh, it'll stay in the back of the truck. And so I'm, i I'm, I drive down North Main Street, take a left on the County Road 39. and I'm coming up past Burger King, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, PC Richards is further yeah. west. Yeah. And uh, and right by that, there's a church there. There's like a whole like a snake charmer church. Yeah. You know, Holy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Church, yeah. Yeah. on their on their thing, they say you know you're you're going straight to hell. You you know you miserable bastard. Yeah. <laughs> it really like that, you
0: Unless know? you turn right.
1: Unless you come to us. Yeah. Right. Well, right there, it blew off. And it was a big painting. It was six by eight feet. And so I pulled into their parking lot, jumped out just in time with my son, my older son. This is actually a great father son moment. Yeah. Jump jumped out and a pulse. This is like eleven o'clock at night. But you know, traffic comes in pulses. Yeah. A pulse of uh, cars come running. The painting was on the highway, and these, these cars just. One after another, bang, and woods flying everywhere. Oh shit! Right, and and I start laughing because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And i was kind of going. Then oh, he shit. sees me laughing, and he, and it was just a nice moment. Yeah. Because I wasn't going. Oh my god, my my, man, my masterpiece! Yeah. And uh and then and then the pulse ended, and then a semi truck went over it. No. Yeah, just like a final. Just polarized yeah. it. So then there was no cars at all. It's eleven o'clock at night, and there's no cars for miles. So we, we run out and we I just pick it up and throw it in the back of my truck. I said, I'll said i deal with it in the morning. Yeah. In the morning I unrolled it and I, I took it out of the truck and put it in my studio and it was fine. It, it was, was good. Yeah, it landed face down. So the wood that it came off was the stretchers. Mm. But the canvas itself wasn't torn.
0: At all. At
1: all. That's and the, crazy. And it was in fine shape. had a tire track across its back. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I showed that uh, at a... At a at a big exhibition that I was the guest star artist in Portland, Oregon. No, and it now hangs in a you know a, one of the premier houses in Portland.
0: That's hilarious.
1: And I've been thinking that I should write to them and tell them to look in the back of that. <laughs> yeah, it's got a tire track across its back. It's
0: a Firestone down and, the and back. It's
1: funny. It's diagonal too. Is it? Yeah,
0: that's hilarious.
1: But the the father son part that I thought was great was the fact that I wasn't so precious. Yeah, I wasn't like going, oh my masterpiece. Showing you know, him, was like. The heck
0: with it. Showing yeah. him to be fluid in life as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, where do people find your work online?
1: Oh, my website is my name. Patton, Patton Miller. Miller. Yeah, P-A-T-O-N. It's one T. It's not two T's. P-A-T-O-N Miller com. Yeah. And luckily, with that strange name, I'm the only one in the world. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. My parents were going to name me Eric. And a friend said, you got a wonderful family name. It's the last name. My first name is the last name. Yeah. And so they, they listened to her. They named me... Patton that's amazing. Instead
0: of Eric, that's hilarious.
1: It's really quite good because there's lots of Eric's. There's
0: lots of Eric's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know any Patents.
1: No, uh, there's uh, you, there are Patents who have that name. It was a last name, so there are people who have the last name have that yeah. name. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've never met a Patton first name. Yeah, I don't there think there might probably is one. There's millions of people out there, but I have been to, they're probably not artists. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know any Pat. I don't think I've ever met a Patton to be honest, yeah, as no. a first name. Um, lastly I was I was uh, remembering or recalling that you had told me that you went to Cuba
1: yeah I had a show in Cuba it was really great uh,
0: when, uh, when was that
1: uh, that was about four years ago can, can we no, no. it was actually right after Trump became president because Jeffrey De Laurentiis the ambassador to Cuba appointed by Obama didn't last he quit yeah because of uh, Trump right um,
0: uh, is that what allowed us to start going there
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Trump, uh, Obama opened it up. Right. And he, he was, uh, there's a, it wasn't, they didn't have official status yet, so he wasn't the ambassador. He was a charge of the affairs or something like that, but he was ba- the boss. Yeah. He was basically the ambassador. And he collects my work. Now, the, that dealer I was with for all those years, 14 years or so, had sold him a painting. But I didn't know because one of the things that happens sometimes is that you get the check. And maybe there's a note that Jeffrey has bought your painting, but you forget. Yeah. And I'm I, one thing I've not been good at is record keeping. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrible fault. And Artists out there who are listening to this should keep good records. Yeah. Uh, especially if there's ever a, a catalog resume of your work, it'll help out. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to put... Uh, the person who writes that catalog resume won't have to put an ad in the paper asking people, if you own Patton Miller paintings, please contact me because I'm making a catalog resume. <laughs> yeah. right? It's... it's, 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 it's it's there's certain things that I, I failed at. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I didn't know that this guy who is a big was an important State Department fella, and a wonderful guy bought a painting of mine. and he liked it so much he included my work in a show in the embassy in Cuba. And actually, not the, right. Not the embassy, but the the residence, right. which is really where all the important stuff happens. Yeah. And uh, since then, we've become friends. And he has continued to buy my work, so that's how I make it make a living as an artist. Yeah, sort of fall from one thing to the next. Yeah, yeah. But that that trip that Nancy and I took to Cuba was fantastic. Yeah, I bet. We we got off the plane, and next thing we know, we're hanging out with the ambassador of Cuba.
0: You're like, what the hell? That's cool. Like, what the hell? That's very cool. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and this guy's doing good. Was doing very important work. Yeah, opening up doors to why shouldn't we be open to Cuba? Yeah, we 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 battled Germany for four years uh in, in japan yeah we have relations with them yeah why not cuba yeah what what the hell what's with cuba a special a special uh situation where we're, we can never deal with cuba yeah meanwhile we dropped bombs on we dropped atom bombs on on japan they yeah deal with us
0: yeah 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 i don't get it you know? i don't either i don't get it so are we still allowed to go there
1: i think it's gotten back in one bit it went back the back other back way yeah
0: you know? yeah i think so it's too it's gonna to go back to good yeah yeah yeah, what the hell? What, what the, the hell is that all about? I know. I don't... Some you know, of,
1: you, got a, you got a handful of people in Cuba who are upset about what Castro did. What about the Holocaust? Right, yeah. We, we You can fly to Germany. Yeah. You know? No one's stopping you there. Yeah, it's an interesting I perspective.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't either. Yeah. So when you guys were there, you guys cruising around in the old cars? Yeah. And, yeah.
1: We did all the tourist sort of
0: things. Yeah, that's fun.
1: Yeah. I remember being in really... We went to the ocean one summer and I realized I was really in bad condition. I was... I was uh, it was sometimes you, you're in good condition and other times you're not. Yeah. I remember being like, uh, sort of like, because it was winter, and, we, and so it was nice to go to Cuba, but I remember feeling weak and pale.
0: While uh, being there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I said, man, I'm in bad shape. Remember, what happened?
0: God damn Cause, it. Because you can get in bad shape yeah. fast. Yeah, oh, it's crazy how yeah, fast it happens. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so I, was, I remember thinking that. i was, going, oh, I'm like translucent, man. I can see right through my body. Oh,
0: I, I feel that way even already going into this winter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's always a challenge.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel healthy for the most part, but I feel like I was looking at my, like, just like my pigment. I was like, man, I'm already losing my tan. Yeah. And I, cause like, generally in the summertime, I, I'm working with a shirt on, but I'm outside all day, every yeah. day. So I have a permanent white t shirt at all times. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's amazing how healthy, it, obviously, people abuse everything, but the sun is so good for your skin.
1: It is. When you have like a slightly
0: sun kissed skin, it is just, it feels yeah. so healthy. You have like salt in your hair from the sea. That is just... It,
1: well, that's what I'm telling you about. Surfing the other day, I just felt so good when I got out of the water.
0: It's uh, it's like, it really is as a fountain of youth when you come out sometimes.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I you know, never never did any other sports, really. Yeah. The pickleball is sort of just something that I enjoy doing. But, yeah. You know, I, the sport that I was always good at was surfing. Yeah. Uh, and body surfing. Yeah. Hawaii, the Hawaiians have a way of body surfing. When you take off on a wave, your stomach is facing the sky. Mm there's reason for that
0: so you're like this
1: so you're 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 paddling and the wave is coming at you you, you need a split second timing so if you turn your back and swim for it and you, kick it, you can't see the wave yeah so you 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 have you have to have fins on to do this right and you catch the wave as it's coming at you and then you turn with your, st- with your stomach then you then you do the spinner
0: you're right and, you and then you have your hand down, down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: but uh to to turn your back on the wave at the most important part is crazy yeah uh and I, you know, we—I grew up on the south shore of Oahu, uh, uh, and the place that I used to go to was Sandy Beach, mm. which is a premier, world-class body surfing spot. And I, I, that's what I just went there and just like, you know, all the crazy shit that was going on. Yeah, that was my that was my go-to place. Yeah, you know, and you know how athletics are so important for young men, yeah, young women, you know, just just a just to get out of your head, you know.
0: I think the same. Yeah. I think athletics a- athleticism is. Is very underrated lately for a lot of a lot of the youth.
1: Well, you know uh, the whole gaming thing. Sitting in your chair, we went through that with our younger, yeah. our, our younger son. He he was an expert gamer. You know, it's almost like they're they're training people to go on an interstellar flight. You know, they can sit in a chair forever. Yeah. And, and we finally, he won that battle. Yeah. We gave up. Nancy said, "Look, we're fighting too much with Christian. We want to make this home feel like a sanctuary for him." And so we just have to let him do that. If yeah. he wants to do that for the next two years, He'll sit in a chair and play games, it drove me nuts at first. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm just old school. I just think you should go out and run and play. Yeah. But um, he turned out just fine.
0: Yeah, he's a know? sharp kid.
1: Yeah, and Nancy was right. Yeah you know, I, 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 to my credit, I listened to her. And I said, okay, we'll take the Zen thing. Because he was, he was <laughs> you know, he was him do what he wants to do. Yeah. I, parenting is tough.
0: It's gotta be so you hard.
1: Know? Sometimes you 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 go uh, let him do what he wants to. Do, and other times you can't. Yeah. You know. But at this time, he was, wasn't hurting anybody.
0: Yeah, it's that's true. I, and I mean, didn't it, like
1: neither of my kids were into drugs. Right
0: yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, it's like it's you know they're they're building a mentality as well. I think that you know you're you're doing a mental puzzle when you're playing games a lot of time. So. Yeah. My, my my younger brother he was huge into into gaming, but he's also a, an athletic beast. Chance. So Chance, you, yeah. who you know, he looks like an athletic guy. But he was the he's the biggest gamer nerd ever. And then you know we used to make fun of him, but then it's like you watch him play the game. You're like, oh, he's actually kind of sick at it.
1: Yeah, I went to one of those things. Those it wasn't Comic Con, but it was one of those big events in, in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it was the playoffs and stuff. There were people. Flipping out, jumping out of the chairs. I had no idea what was going. On. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but, I was just sitting there. All of a sudden, somebody would jump up and scream. You know? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it came out of nowhere. Was, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's like these pale fourteen year olds signing autographs. It's oh, a,
1: there was star. There was a yeah. There were rock stars. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. I, I didn't get it. I, I still don't know what the hell they were jumping out of the chairs
0: about. Yeah. Yeah. When when you were surfing in uh in Hawaii, what was it like in the lineup out there with the Hawaiians? I mean, I know. Oh, Even, strict rules. And it, it's a little aggressive, no? It was
1: probably a lot different then. I never had any problems, but uh, um, I, I got chased out of the water a few times being a white kid. Yeah. So there's a howley thing. That's what white kids recall. But I got along fine with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, rules, you know, like etiquette. And respect. Yeah, respect and etiquette. And uh, if you go out there and think you're going to take over the lineup, you, you're probably going to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawaiians uh, like a, you know, Hawaiians are or Samoans ones They like to fight. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're so good in the NFL. Yeah. You know, um, I hate fighting. I saw a fight in a parking lot at Sandy Beach once that it turned my stomach. Really? It was just vicious. Yeah. It's just yeah. ugh. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I'm too smart to fight. Yeah. yeah you're gonna lose. Yeah. But back in those days, I mean, things have changed. Yeah. I I don't know if they've changed much in Hawaii. Things have gotten, some things have gotten worse. The homeless situation in Hawaii is out of control. I uh, have I've heard as well. It's just crazy bad. But that's the same way on the West Coast. Yeah, Santa Barbara. I mean, my son. Holy shit! You know, it's just Santa yeah. Barbara's is Tony Town and it's yeah. full of homeless people.
0: No, I know. Um, I have a lot of friends moving out of LA right now.
1: My son, I told you, my older boy did. Yeah, yeah, uh, I hear there's homeless people everywhere.
0: It's right literally full tent cities. Yeah, which is it's. I can't even fathom that that is something that people drive by every day, and yet we want to be mad about all this other shit that's going on. But you just drive by that every single day. That's you know, I, I
1: remember seeing that in the Philippines and thinking god that's terrible
0: thing. it's fucked up you
1: know just like I was at a I had a show in the Philippines and I, the art dealer's house had homeless people living outside the gate you know you, you, you chauffeur driven limousine sort of thing you know yeah. you drive out and there's these people just with their hands up yeah and that that was like 15 years ago and that's that's that reality is coming here yeah As I, I sometimes drive around the, this area we live in and I think I, we live in a park you know
0: it's it's tough to not uh, lose perspective sometimes because actually there was a homeless a homeless gentleman in, in, under the bridge inside harbor by, by 7-11 we got to talking and the uh, next day he was he was removed and they brought him somewhere else but yeah. you know they don't they don't really you know stand for people being out here they'll they'll relocate them uh but it was, it was funny, uh, not funny, but it, it was something that kind of like had me thinking I was walking home barefoot one night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, I'm going to walk home. It was like a really nice night. And so I walked, there's a dirt path uh, that connects my house with one of my friend's houses. And so it's a long dirt path and I'm walking barefoot. It was pretty chilly. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, imagining being shoeless, underclothed, not having like a shelter. And if your shelter is just, just trying to get out of the wind, let's say, or just trying to find like an, it's just, it's really hard very to fathom sad. it's very hard for people to fathom what that actually is and I mean I got home and I like just I know it sounds somewhat pretentious but I literally just like I was like I can take a shower like I have this huge luxury that I even have warm yeah. water yeah. you know so
1: yeah no it's very sad and I don't, you know, a, lot, a lot of times it's from dysfunction it's from mental illness Yeah, it is yeah um,
0: but also not you know I was actually in, in New Orleans that's and a I,
1: horrible thing to say but
0: but it is a large percentage yeah. for sure but I, I met this family uh, family um, they had two young kids, and they were kind of on the on the on the hide because they had the two kids. So they didn't want their kids getting yanked. But they're living under a bridge with all the other homeless people, and they just yeah. moved from uh, some state, Ohio or something like that. So they moved down to Louisiana, and he was supposed to work on a fishing boat, but it fell through, and right. blah 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 blah. And you know, well, you meet these people. Can
1: turn against you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can't. It's hard for me to imagine because I've been here for so long, and I think I, you know, one thing good about sort of. Having a community that, you know, if you needed to, you could find a job somewhere. Yeah. You know, someone would hire you. Yeah. yeah. Or... I Doing something. Yeah. Uh, but if the economy is really flat and there's no jobs, then that's the problem. Yeah. I remember seeing something on TV where the people were just... There was no jobs. Yeah. You know, someplace, like someplace out in Michigan or someplace, and people were... Uh, getting evicted.
0: Yeah, and they have they have no savings to pick up and go follow the work or go yeah. get a new spot. Yeah,
1: it makes the very... proposition of being an artist seem even more crazy.
0: Well, it you does, know? but it's uh, one of the things that like, I guess I'm, I am I am kind of tying it in with is it's like the fact that there is a community of art that is surrounding something like that. There, I think a lot of people lose sight and think that, oh, there's you know numbers exchanged for art and why and I could have painted that and all this bullshit. But I think that the, the empathy that a lot of artists harness, uh, it, it goes back into community and things like that. So I think that that's like, but that's kind of been one of my realizations as uh, you know, how do I turn this art into less of a me situation and more of a, 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 communal aspect. And, and that was something I kind of realized, you know, early on, like, how do I make this where it's not like, Oh, just come look at my art, my art, my art. How do I get, how do you come look at my art? Yes. But how do I take that and turn it into something where it's doing a bigger good, a greater good for other people? Um, because the way the art was introduced to me was was very pretentious yeah. if I'm being honest because like, I always painted and sculpted and did things growing up but um, when I started talking about like wanting to have a show and, and sell my work and um, you know wondering if I was worthy to even do so, the people I talked to like you know in that moment were were, were bo- both sides of the coin. one being a local artist like John messenger who um, who gave me such good advice and, and we had such epic conversations about uh, about actuality and, and, and seeking truth as an artist, let's say, or you know, portraying the truth to you on a piece of canvas, let's say. Uh, but then I talked to other people, and they gave me some shit advice. To be yeah, completely- they could be to
1: parse that advice, though.
0: You know, so it's like yeah. uh, you know, and then like what matters and what gallery's important and who's important. I'm just like, I can't yeah, I mean, start painting for any of those reasons. There's
1: artists that I really admire. There's a guy named Bill Trailer. You ever hear of him? And he this. was a, a African American and he painted on the cardboard sleeves from laundries mm. coming in a shirt, you know? yeah, and his pictures are just gorgeous, really and he did it just for himself, yeah, and then his work kind of got uh well known i I don't know if it got well known in his lifetime, but they're just they they're just beautiful, yeah, yeah yeah no i th- I think artists exist in, if there was no business, you still have artists, yeah, um yeah, it seems to be the die in the wool kind of thing,
0: yeah, I think the same too, yeah yeah well Patton um, I'm not sure how long we've gone we've seen we've gone a bit and I feel like we covered a fair amount is there anything else you want to cover we can gab we can gab
1: yeah yeah Uh, no I think we covered it yeah that's my life in a nutshell
0: okay and people can so on Instagram it's just your name
1: yeah yeah my website has uh, become static I don't know how to fix it yeah I have to like I'm gonna In fact, that's a project that my all both my sons actually said that we're gonna do. We're gonna straighten that out. Cool. But it's a good website. It's got a, a video on it of me teaching. Yep. Um, but the Instagram thing is something I can put pictures in, and I do four or five times a week.
0: Yeah, I see. Post. I see you posting. Yeah. Yeah. So fo- so on Instagram, everybody go click like, follow Patton Miller at Patton Miller on Insta and. Um, he, that's where he posts a lot of his paintings and uh, and what he's currently working on, and uh, and also his website pattonmiller dot um, Epic Patton, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate well, it. For inviting me, bro. No, thank you, man. It's been fun. All right, I'll talk to you. Okay. How long was that? I wonder. One
1: hour thirty minutes.
0: That was perfect. Wow. What time is it? One.
1: Oh shit! I'm supposed to be someplace at one.
0: Okay. Go Patton, home. thank I, you so much. Dude. I,
1: I came early. And I said I might be early at your house. <laughs> <Not late. laughs>
0: that was literally perfect. Yeah, that was good. Thank that you very much. Good, yes, okay, I think I. So well, I'll I'll send you the link on the stuff, and then I'll I'll tag you on it on Insta that, so you can repost it.
1: I love oh. this painting, by the
0: way. Well, thank you. This is a yeah, this is actually a photo off my head and this is my hand.